Hi, I'm Mari Frank, host of Privacy, Piracy, and Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. Thank you for listening to KUCI. This week is Fun Drive Week. KUCI brings you wonderful music and public affairs shows 24-7. We give you the gift of listening, and now we ask you to give your pledge gift. It's tax deductible. When you call in your gift, you will also be eligible to receive a pledge gift from KUCI. Most of all, you will help to continue the great shows. So thank you for calling 824-5824-UCI-KUCI. Make your tax-deductible donation right now by calling 824-5824. Thank you. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about karma. And I think I told you I was at this meeting in Orange County at the InSpirit Center, and I met this wonderful young man who is a coach and an author and a professional speaker and a spiritual teacher, life coach, Joe Nunziata. And uh, we were talking about his new book. And so it was fun to get to meet him. And so he sent me the book and we're going to talk about it because it's very interesting. And when we think about karma and we think about our lives and what we can do to make our lives better so that our conflicts are healed and we bring greater peace to the world, there's nothing better than really getting deep and questioning ourselves. And we're going to talk about some of the ways that we can actually be introspective and change ourselves and change our karmic path, so to speak. So let me tell you a little bit about Joe. He is a best-selling author. He's a professional speaker, spiritual teacher, life coach, and his new book is called Karma Buster. And that was featured in the 2012 Academy Awards and Emmy Awards gift bags. So that's fun. He's been delivering his life-changing messages at seminars and events since 1992. And his programs are a unique blend of spirituality, psychology, philosophy, and the power of internal energy. He's appeared on many TV shows and radio programs, including Good Day New York and Street Talk on Fox TV, Cablevision's News 12, Better TV, the Braveheart Network, and various radio stations across the country, including ours. And he has a couple other books entitled Spiritual Selling, Finding Your Purpose, and No More 9 to 5. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Okay. (laughs) His programs include Change Your Energy, Change Your Life, 
no more mental barriers, connecting to your spirit, and the seven keys to transformation. Those all sound like really wonderful things. You can find out more about him at our website at conflicthealing.com where you can see his picture and it links to his URL and a little bit about his bio. But you can also go to karmabusters.com and learn about this book. So, Joe, it's so great to talk to you again. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you so much, and I really appreciate your time and being with you today. Yeah, and it's fun. So let's talk a little bit about your definition of karma. Well, you know, it's funny. I was writing this book, and I started to ask people, everybody I knew, and even I would ask people in the supermarket or wherever I was, and I would say, you know, what is your definition of karma? And pretty much everybody said the same thing, more one way or another, pretty much like, well, you reap what you sow, and if you do good things, good things come back to you. And that was kind of the definition I got over and over again. But as doing this work for many, many years, I knew that that was part of it, but it was missing an important piece. So my definition really from doing many, many years of work on myself and research was really that your karma is the blueprint for the emotional work you're here to do in this lifetime. So really it's kind of a blueprint for you based on the emotional experience that you're here to have, and that really gives you, I think, a much clearer definition of how it really works. Yes, great. So how is karma then impacting our lives on a daily basis? We don't have to wait until we die, right, for for the karmic... Uh, results or the, you know, or the revenge or whatever it is. <laughs> it's living out every day in our lives. So why don't you help my my uh, audience understand that? Well, you want to think of it kind of as your roadmap or your blueprint. So you've got this karmic journey, this these things that you came here to experience. But I want people to think about it more from an emotional platform than from a, what I did. Like, for example, you know, you you're... You write books and you have a show and you've done amazing work and you've done all these wonderful things in your life and that's part of your journey, that's part of your karma, but really what it comes down to is it really is tied to the emotional experiences that you've had and the other part of your karma that's tied to you is really what you are driven to do. So, for example, one person may say, wow, you know, I just love, you know, I love animals and I just always want to work with animals. That's tied to their karma, the same way your karma is tied to your work and my karma is tied to my work. So when we have people that say, you know, I really always wanted to be a painter, but I'm, I'm an, an accountant, they have not followed their real path. And that's really where we begin to create a lot of problems for ourselves. You know, it's interesting because I have a client who is a physician, and um, I was just looking yesterday at his computer. We were looking at something, and he had a, on his desktop this beautiful painting. And I said, wow, that is gorgeous. And he said, yeah, I painted that. And he paints a lot of pictures, and I said, and he's so stressed out as a physician. And I thought to myself, well, maybe that should be your next career. He goes, oh, yeah, I wish. But, you know, you get stuck in some of the things that you're doing, and then you hold back. What does that do to your karma? Yeah, it really creates, it really creates a block of your flow of energy, because you're really here to be creative. And it, my, it's funny, my accountant, who's my good friend since I'm a little kid, he always called that situation that your doctor's in the golden handcuffs. And he would say, you know, you start out on a career path, you start, you know, you get into it for a while, you start doing better, and you maybe realize at one point, I don't know that this is what I want to do, but I'm kind of caught up in it now and I'm making better money. So for me to go do something else, if I'm 30 or 40 years old, it's almost like I can't do that now. I'm too invested. But what it's really doing to you emotionally is it's draining your energy field and it's draining your, your flow of energy because you're fighting against your truth. 
and what you really want to do. And that does create a tremendous, it's very taxing on your energy system. It's very taxing on your body. As you said, you're, this person is very stressed out because not, you're not in the flow of energy that you're supposed to be in. So it does create a lot of damage. You know, Joe, you know, I can I can get a hold of this and I can put my arms around it. But I also think like, aren't some of these lessons of being able to decipher these things? For example, in my own life, you know, I love conflict resolution, not conflict transformation. I'm an attorney. I do all these things. I don't like, you know, litigation. I'm trying to be um, a healer of conflict, bring peace to the world, all this good stuff. And yet I'm also this this privacy expert and all of these opportunities for, for great financial advancement come on the privacy side more than the, you know, the conflict resolution side. And so I sometimes wonder, is spirit out there testing me that I'm, the, you know, I'm being lured to all these things that I do, I do have a passion about, but not as much as I feel like this intense, purposeful in my life. Does that make sense? So I feel like I'm getting tempted away by all these things that, that, you know, that are coming to me from that side of, of my business. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you know, it's very interesting because sometimes we get, we get kind of, when I, when I look at it as repetition, so when I keep seeing something come up and this happened to me because I started out really as a sales and marketing guy, my first book was about starting a business from home. So that was, I was not a spiritual teacher. That was not a road I was looking to go down. And as time went by and I started doing this work, I kind of just got moved into that area. So, you know, it, it, there are many times where, where when we see repetition and we keep seeing the same thing come up or the same type of opportunity or the same, like, why is this coming up? There's something here that I need to look at. And that's important for us to say, because sometimes the opportunity comes in a form that we do not mentally understand and say, well, I didn't see it happening that way. But that's what you've got to say. Well, maybe I need to walk down that road a little bit and see where it takes me because my mind is limited to what I can see. But there may be a lot more behind the door that I'm not seeing right now. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I, I struggle that with this my, myself saying, Yes, this is my passion, but they're both my passion. But yeah. but one is a deeper passion, but all the money seems to be coming from the other passion. Does that, if that makes any sense whatsoever? Yeah, but you never know where the other passion will take you, and it may loop you right back around to to this. You know, you just don't know. I know. So, so that's why we, I don't like to think too much because I, I know that that, and I always say that to people when I start to think a lot. I know I'm getting in trouble. So I I want to really follow my flow of energy and be guided into a place, unless for some reason it really feels like like there's a discord then i know okay i'm not supposed to be there but if it's taking me in the same the right direction or it's taking me in my direction maybe in different ways that i have to be open to a different way and i think that's something for us we get very rigid in our idea of how we think it's supposed to be and and that's a bad thing because we need to allow ourselves to go sometimes in a direction we didn't see right and i think the the issue becomes listening to that inner voice, that intuition, and, you know, and balancing that with your, you know, cognitive voice, you know what I mean? With, with your logical voice, well, logic says I should do this, but my intuition says I should do this. And I know whenever I haven't followed my intuition, I've always been sorry. And, and I think maybe that's kind of linked to that karmic path. What do you think? That's 100% true. And the bottom line is your intuition is a million times more powerful than your brain. 
because your intuition is tied to your spirit, your soul, your higher self, your higher intelligence. And if you look at the world and you look at our lives, everything that has happened that has moved us forward was based on somebody doing something that in their mind or mentally to themselves or others did not make any sense. So when you look at you know, people sailing ships across oceans where they didn't know anything else was there. You know, this is, this is a thought of insanity for people to say, why would you do that? But there's something that they wanted to explore or see or see what was there. But in a mental, in a mental state, if you were trying to look at that logically, it wouldn't make any sense. So, but the intuition, that inner guidance of, a, of an inventor or an entrepreneur or a writer or anybody to follow that feeling, regardless of what everybody else is saying, is the hardest thing for us to do because that is where we have to step into power and also trust that my feeling is the the one that I should be following. Yeah, yeah. And so we're so often swayed by other people that, you know, are just kind of going with what's the norm rather than really thinking outside the box. So it's uh, it's sometimes hard for peer pressure. And here we are, we're sitting on the campus at the University of California, Irvine, and and, you know, we have a lot of bright young people that we want them to explore their creativity and explore their intuition. And yet there, there's always peer pressure at the same time. You're always, you're always going to have to deal with that because especially when you're looking to do something different that other people don't understand. So people don't like that because it, it does, believe it or not, it really scares people when you start to question. And I run into this a lot because... I go in to do this work to share information about a different way to think and a different way to live your life. Now, in many cases, this conflicts with people, maybe their religious beliefs or things that they grew up with. So although I'm not saying, hey, this is the way you should do it, it the, just the idea that there's a different way to look at it and potentially live is very scary for people. So it is something that we all face when we want to expand and we want to do follow our path. It, it is definitely something we will face. Yeah. So, Joe, you know, why is it that some people have an easier path than others? We, you know, sometimes you look at someone and they, you go, wow, they just, everything they touch turns to gold or every, they have such great luck. And then other people you think, gosh, they have such terrible luck. So what, what is that about with, with regard to karma? Well, that's karmic as well. And this is something that I did a lot of work on with my teachers that we would discuss this a lot. And I would be very frustrated because I would say, why is my life so difficult? And I went bankrupt twice and I'm going through all these struggles. And I would see other people who aren't necessarily smarter or working harder, but they were very successful. And what I learned doing the work was everybody came with a different path. Some people came here to have an easier path for whatever reason. Maybe they, their soul is not as developed or maybe they just came to have an easier life. And that's why you see that happen, where that person will not have the struggles of someone else. Usually when people come to do work on themselves or deeper work, their life will be more challenging because it forces us emotionally to deal with a lot more issues. So it's not a good or bad thing, and it's not something to judge. It's just kind of the way it is. And some people just came to have a life that was not as difficult, and it's just you just have to kind of accept it for what it is. You know, um, I have read a lot of the books by Dr. Brian Weiss, who is a psychiatrist and neurologist who does a lot of past life regression. He wrote Many Lives, Many Masters, and, and several other books. And I remember when I went to do a training with him many years ago, he talked about his karmic life. He said in one of his past lives, when he did the past life regression, he was a, um, a very powerful man in Egypt, 
and he was uh, like a medicine man, you know, mm-hmm. and um, had a lot of power, and he used it for evil. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and he said, you know, it was amazing to see that, and now he has such a different life, and he started out writing all these medical books on psychiatry and neurology at the University of Miami in Florida, and then, um, you know, and then he had one of the nurses had a lot of trouble swallowing and had all sorts of problems. So he started doing some hypnotherapy with her and she jumped back several lifetimes and that took him on another path. And all of his fellow professors thought he was nuts, you know, but he went with it. And now he's, you know, I don't know if you, I mean, he's on, he's like a Deepak Chopra, mm. you know, he's, he's all over the place and he's just a wonderful, wonderful man and a great writer. But he, he talked about his karmic path that he had to make up for when he was such a terrible high priest in, um, in Egypt. So, you know, it's interesting, you know, maybe we had an easy life in one time and now we have a hard life and we have to kind of kind of work these things out through the lifetimes. I don't know if, if you believe in that or not, but um, that's what he said. Yeah, and it's also part of experiences. I Like in one lifetime, I, like we would do this work, we would have these conversations, and one of the lifetimes that I know myself going through different lifetimes and being killed in different ways and also killing people, you want to... It's, your soul kind of wants to go through everything. It wants to know what it feels like to be the king. It wants to know what it feels like to be the slave. So that's why you have all these different lives. And then as you go into each one, you go through different experiences as you, as you go through and heal these different things. So it is, it is a very interesting fabric when you start to get into it and, and really understand how it works. Yeah, and I think what's also interesting is, you know, when I did these past life regressions, I mean, and, and, and I saw myself as as a man in several and as a woman in several lifetimes. And, you know, they talk about uh, coming back with the same people, you know, to work things out. Correct, yeah. You know, so uh, it's interesting stuff. Very interesting. Yeah, so with regard to karma, and and I think this is when we talk about conflict resolution on this show, which we talk about prescriptions for healing conflict. You know, how, how about the ego? How does that get involved you know the ego is what causes a lot of conflict so uh what about our ego with regard to karma how how do you explain that and what should we be doing well basically when you look at your life here we all came here from source energy and you had to have an identity which in effect means you have to have an ego to have this experience and believe that you are separate so i'm i think i'm joe and you think you're mario we all think we're somebody so that's part of what we're here to do and experience what happens is when your identity, the external identity, really becomes overpowering, which is what we see with a lot of people. And the re- when you know that happens is when you're so attached to the external world, so you're attached to your title, you're attached to uh, material possessions, you're attached to power. So when you have all these attachments externally, what you've now done is your ego has now pulled you out of your higher self. It's really pulled you out of your spiritual self, and it's created almost, in effect, this cartoon character. And now you're removed from your true self. So in that state of high ego, you're just going to stay in your cycles of energy. You're just going to keep cycling around the same things over and over again because you're, you're stuck in this, this false identity. So if I believe that I have to be this powerful person, and in order to do that, I have to have a certain title and treat people a certain way and have a certain amount of money. If that's what I believe I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm trapped in that identity, I'm going to do everything I can do 
to hold on to that regardless of the problems or issues it creates. And that is where people get trapped in the identity. So we have to understand that if I am very attached to the external world in any way, then that is where I am not having, losing the opportunity to really understand myself and then deal with the inner issues that I have to clear. So that's a very important thing to look at as you go forward. So, so given that, how does one really identify that karmic path? Um, when you were talking just now about the ego, the ego has to be the doctor or the lawyer or the merchant or the chief or whatever it has to be. And the, and, and you get into that ego. So, so when, how do you get out of that to identify that karmic path? Well, the first thing for people is they have to have a desire to get out of it. Now you have to understand that a lot of people who are living very egoically or what I call in very low, in lower vibration or lower awareness, and it's not a judgment. It's just kind of where they are. The people in that lower level, they don't really have desire to escape that thing. They just want to stay in that cycle. So the first thing that happens is what I see with a lot of people, which is interesting, you know, they'll get to the point where they're 40 or 45 or whatever age, and they'll say, well, you know, I've kind of done all these things I wanted to do, or, or I've been successful, or I've, I've kind of become the doctor or whatever I wanted. I got married. I had kids. And I'm, I'm still missing something. And then they start to look deeper. But generally what happens is either something happens dramatically or traumatically to them, or they realize that, wow, you know, I've kind of done some, some of these things, and I'm still not happy. What am I, what, what's the missing piece of the puzzle? And then the desire to start to go deeper is what moves them into what I call starting to move into the light. I'm moving out of the darkness. I'm moving into the light. And then the next thing I want to look at is to say, okay, what is the area, where is the area of my life that I'm unhappy and generally somebody would say, you know, it's their relationships, it's their health, it's their career, whatever it is. And you start to look at those areas and you start to see the cycles that you've repeated over and over again. That is your karma. That is where you're stuck. And, but without the desire, you really can't go forward because you have to start to look at it and say, well, this is not working. I, I'm, I want to look at it in a different way. And then I want to see what am I doing over and over again. And as you do that, you'll start to say, wow, yeah, I, I kept doing the same thing with my health, with my relationships, with my career. I see the same cycle. That's when we can begin to break it down. But not until that little light goes on and says, yeah, I'm ready to, to take a step forward here. You know, Joe, you're, you're so right. And I see people, because I, I deal with a lot of people in the midst of divorce. And divorce is one of the, you know, the big things. Like people will suddenly have this aha moment when they're in the middle of a crisis like a, a terrible accident, a terrible illness, death of a family member, or divorce, or something horrible that they're going through makes them stop and get into the fifth dimension and out of the everyday, you know, mundane thing, you know, mundane things that they have to do. And all of a sudden they go, what am I doing? What am I doing here? What is my life about? What is my purpose? But I see that a lot with my clients who are going through divorce, it is a dark night of the soul so that they can come to the light, right? Yes, and the other side of that you'll see, which I'm sure you see as well, is the fierce identity to win. So I want to win. I want to get more money. I want to get what I have to get. So see, that's the opposite of what you just described. Yes. So you see both sides of it. You see people get it, step into the light, and you see people step very deeply into the darkness. And these are the opportunities that we have every day that come into our lives to say, hey, I have an opportunity what, am I, what will I choose? Will I choose to step toward the light or will I choose to stay in my identity egoically and drive myself down into the darkness? Yes. 
Well, the good thing about what I try and do is I don't, I'm not in litigation. I keep them in, right. you know, I have them together and I help them to go through kind of a holistic process of, yes, we're dividing up property and, and setting up, you know, uh, children, re, you know, relationships with the children and custodial schedules, et cetera, et cetera. But we're trying to do it in a way that is holistic and that is fair to both parties. So it isn't quite as bad as if you're in litigation and then you're trying to win no matter what, and it's very destructive. So that's exactly why I don't do that anymore, by the way. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure, but I'm sure you've seen it many times. Yeah, and I do have people come to me mm. that are feeling like that, and yeah. it's fear, and that's, you know, even though I don't necessarily tell them spiritually what I'm doing, yeah. I am doing the same kind of work that you're talking about, which is I'm trying to help people to get to that point of recognizing who they are and getting beyond the ego and getting to to what's really fair for them and for the other party. So, you know, people say, oh, well, it's all my family's fault. It's my family of origin. How much of a factor is family? Well, your family, your, your parents are everything because your DNA coding is coming from them. But there's a principle in spirituality, and there's a lot of people who struggle with this, where we understand that I chose my parents prior to arriving here because they had the best DNA code for the emotional mission that I'm on. And that is something that people struggle with, because especially if they had parents that were abusive or you know, neglected them or whatever the case may be, they would say, well, why would I choose parents like that? Once again, going into your mind to try to say, well, that doesn't make sense. But I'm, what I'm trying to explain to them is you chose those parents because they had the DNA code for everything that you want to accomplish and also all the emotional issues that you want to go through. So we don't want to blame them because that puts us into the role of a victim and takes away all our power. But we do want to understand, okay, this is, this is the road I chose to go down, and I have to deal with these emotions, but it's not about blame. The minute you start blaming, you take away all your power, and you can never go forward. So that's one of the things I always talk to people about to say, yeah, we want, you have pain re- relating to these people, and we need to deal with that, but accept that this is your choice. Right away from that position, you have power, and that changes everything. Right. There are no victims. There's only volunteers, so to speak. Yeah, but, yeah and every, but people love to be victims because it allows them to hold themselves in pain. And also then it, they can you know, reduce their responsibility and yeah, accountability, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, and, I, and taking it a bit further, like what I deal with people who are in conflict, I... I help them to see that the people in their lives that they have conflict with are there for a reason to teach some lessons, that there are some great opportunities for growth, and that if they look at what they've been through, if they did have parents that were, as you say, abusive or, or something like that, that, that they, can, they don't have to just accept that that is the way it is. They can change. They can learn from it. They can grow from it so that they don't do it themselves, and they can release it and move on because otherwise they carry that with them wherever they go. And understanding that in the energy that they're in, they attract people into their lives to create those conflicts. So what happens is as your vibration shifts, as your energy changes, your desire to create a conflict or a problem begins to diminish. So as you go through enlightenment work and as you heal yourself, you notice that your energy starts shifting and the the different people come in, as we've all experienced, will come into your life and different people will, and will exit. And that is all happening because you're energetically shifting and your desire for pain, conflict, stress is no longer there. So that's, how, that's the miracle of doing the work. 
where you start to notice, wow, I, I feel, I don't really feel like that, but I knew years ago I was addicted, grew up in a family with a lot of conflict and a lot of judgment and kept creating problem after problem after problem. And now I realize I was stuck in that energy and I loved it because that was all I knew how to do. Exactly. Well, we are just about out of time, so that's a great place to end. So just give us the name of your book and your website and it's time for us to go. Oh, thank you so much. The book is Karma Buster, and they can go to karmabuster.com, and they can get the book, an ebook version, and a couple of great bonuses as well if they want to check that out. Well, Joe, you're so wonderful. We will, ha- we will see you again soon, and I hope that you'll come back to our center, and I hope to uh, see your next book too. So thanks great. so much. Thank you, Mark. Okay, bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30, and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Hi, I'm Mari Frank, host of Privacy, Piracy, and Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. Thank you for listening to KUCI. This week is Fun Drive Week. KUCI brings you wonderful music and public affairs shows 24-7. We give you the gift of listening, and now we ask you to give your pledge gift. It's tax deductible. When you call in your gift, you will also be eligible to receive a pledge gift from KUCI. Most of all, you will help to continue the great shows. So thank you for calling 824-5824-UCI-KUCI. Make your tax-deductible donation right now by calling 824-5824. Thank you.